How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. As always, I'm joined by Frank Madden. And uh, as we were getting ready here, Frank said, you know what, like, I guess the Packers having a miraculous win makes this like an okay time for the Bucks to, to play that poorly, and maybe we won't be as upset. And then I looked at the box score, and I saw that the Bucks scored, oh, what do they score, 17 points in the second quarter and 15 in the fourth quarter in their 111-98 loss to the Hawks, and nope, hasn't, nope. Just nope. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm still not super happy about that game. Like, it was bad. I, it, well, yeah. I mean, my mind says like I'm happy tonight, r- regardless of what happened to the pa- the Bucks today. Yeah. Just because that was crazy. Um, that was crazy. I'm sure like like many many people listening, and I, I realize some people who listen to us are, you know, not even living in the U.S., not even don't care at all about NFL football. Um, and some of you obviously like teams who, you know, those of you who like do football might not like the Packers, but obviously a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people in Wisconsin do. We, we are among them. Um, and the green Bay Packers pulling out a, a last second win over the Cowboys to go to the NFC championship. That, that is sort of, uh, I don't want to say hanging over all, all of Wisconsin sports right now. Cause hanging over is usually a negative. Um, that's, Maybe uplifting everybody who who has opinions about Wisconsin sports. So Shining I'm still through on a, the clouds. Maybe I don't know. exactly. I'm I'm still on a high from that game. And um, while I do not podcast about the Green Bay Packers, I you know given the relative um, you know importance of their respective games, I would have gladly taken a <laughs> Packer win if it meant a Bucks loss. And that's what we got today. Obviously with the Bucks. Um, I mean, jumping out to had a great start uh, early on. We, we've obviously talked a lot in the last couple months about the Bucks' slow starts, and uh, tonight they get a great start up twenty to nine early in the game. Um, they had a seven nothing run to start the third quarter after they fell behind in that second quarter, which obviously uh, was not a uh, uh, one to write home about. And um, you know, unfortunately, they kind of get right back into the game, tied early in the third quarter tonight. Uh, Giannis was terrific, um, especially in that third quarter. I think he had 13 of his 33 uh, in the third quarter to kind of help them get back. But, um, you know, they just couldn't get stops on uh, on the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, they gave up, I think uh, the defensive rating tonight was a 124 or something on that order. So yep. very bad. Um, they were outscored plus seven in transition, 18 to 11. That's obviously a number that normally goes their way. Um, so... Yeah, um, not not a game to write home about. They did force 19 turnovers, um, but overall, you know, again, it's it's uh, it's you look at the shooting line for the Hawks, 53% overall, 50% on threes, 13 out of 26. Um, you know, it's just you're you're making life very difficult, and then giving up 14 offensive rebounds as well, uh, especially given that high percentage that they shot. Um, you know, the 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 Hawks' offensive rebound rate was 38 percent today, which um, 
again, you're making life very difficult when you give up a high percentage and then you don't even get the few defensive rebounds that, that are available. And, and that's been a theme for really the last, I was looking at some of the, the stats for the last couple months. Um, the Bucks' defensive rebounding was a lot better, I think in, in November. Um, but, uh, but it, obviously, you know, the last couple of months, I think they've been getting sort of down more in the bottom five of the league. So, um, you know, again, you allow higher percentages. Those three point oppo- opponent three point numbers are, are reverting back to the mean a bit. And um, if you don't, you know, grab misses, um, it makes life very difficult. And, and fortunately, their offense has been terrific. You know, they've been like top five or six in the league offensively over the past couple of months. But um, obviously, the, right now, they're, they're a team that's trying to outscore people. Yeah, I I think that's probably what Jason Kidd would tell you right now that he's totally upset and not cool with the way they're playing basketball. That they would they're not doing what they need to do defensively, and, and I mean even that first quarter where they go out and get this big lead, and then I mean you're watching that game, and at the end of the first quarter you look and it's thirty six thirty six. Like how did that happen? Like it, it just felt like they were just coasting being able to do whatever they wanted offensively and it it felt like at the end of the first quarter that they were going to be up eight ten and all of a sudden it's 36 36 and from that point it they just weren't getting the requisite stops and I don't know it, it was just it was just an ugly game and like you said like Giannis goes 33 eight and six I mean even Jabari eight points 10 rebounds nine assists that's a new career high for Jabari as well um, but everywhere else, ew. Uh, not not uh, not a great one. And, and I guess I, I feel like we might as well just dig into it. Uh, second quarter, we see see Rashad Vaughn. We see Miles Plumley. We don't see Mirza Toledovich. Um, we see a Jason Terry Rashad Vaughn lineup. Um, and then that turned into Vaughn, Terry, and Plumley, I believe. Um, so just some strange things that happen in, in the second quarter. And I guess, so at halftime, I was thinking, okay, Monroe came out, like Plumley got those minutes because Monroe had two fouls. Like I, I, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out Plumley because, when when I saw Terry and Vaughn in together, it it, uh, it appeared to me that they ran very specific sets. They had Giannis up high with the point guard, and then Vaughn and Terry running the baseline with Monroe, and it looked very planned out. And they they to me it appeared they ran very specific actions. And uh, Rashad had what two baskets right away out of those um, a three and a two, and uh, that two was a contested pull up two on the baseline which is a bad shot but either way he got those five points and it looked like that was scripted to to an extent like that was their plan that before the game they thought hey you know what like like those are just actions that the bucks offense don't run a ton of and especially two guys running the baseline coming off screens curling and doing stuff like that so like that seems scripted to me and then Plumley came in and i don't know I, i i just got confused yeah, I mean, I, I kind of was wondering, like, okay, is this because they've got a back-to-back that they're trying to work Vaughn in a little bit or something? Yeah. Um, but, you know, Vaughn, I mean, the lineup to start the second quarter is Giannis, 
and I'm looking. I don't have the popcorn machine full lineup in front of me, but I'm some. I'm looking at a, the play-by-play, so it's a little harder to see who is in. But I believe the lineup to start the second quarter was Giannis. Good start. Uh, Plumley. Hey, we've talked about wanting to see more Plumley, given Henson sort of like just is kind of what he is, and that hasn't been great. Um, but Giannis Plumley, after Monroe gets two fouls in the first quarter, Giannis Plumley, Delhi. Terry and Vaughn like yuck I mean I it's kind of one of these things like I get that occasionally you know it's it, it's good to get guys some run that maybe have been on the bench but to 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 throw in kind of these like weird lineups that obviously like these guys I mean I I, I can't imagine that lineup has played like any minutes together this year no and to be kind of working in a bunch of different guys I mean it, you know like if I'm going to throw in Plumley, I'd want to put him in there with a lineup that otherwise is comfortable with with one another well just like we're want... one in at a time exactly exactly like, like, like put that one guy that you don't get a lot of run like put him in a very comfortable situation where everyone else knows each other well and can help pick up for anything that that player may not be able to do well, like help cover up that player's deficiencies. And that lineup you just referenced did the exact opposite. Right. And so, you know, the punchline is, um, and, and, you know, look, I mean, the Bucks, you know, gave up points at the end of that first quarter as well with their, you know, with Monroe in, who's normally the guy that, you know, we look at his lineups as the ones where uh, you're, you're gaining ground. And Monroe, even with, um, even with Dwight Howard on the bench, um, the Hawks were a bit small with Humphreys and Millsap um, down low, and and Monroe was able to get some stuff going, but they just weren't able to to get stops. And you know, again, when guys like Malcolm Delaney and Mike Dunleavy and Kent Bazemore are you know just burying jumpers, you know, part of it is obviously those guys getting good looks. And okay, you know, can you do more? I mean, I think Dunleavy snuck behind um, was it snuck behind Beasley? I think on a baseline Whoa. cut. At one point, oh, oh, Michael, you know, the, Michael, Michael. Oh. <laughs> there, there were some of those. And then others just, you know, guys just hitting shots where you're just like, all right, well, that's kind of, you know, Bazemore had a few of those. But um, but yeah, it's tough because because the role players uh, normally the role players are, are, are a lot of times how the Bucks are winning games. And tonight the role players really, you know, really hurt the Bucks. And, you know, Greg Monroe minus 13. He's been um, the Bucks plus minus all star <laughs> all year long. Yeah. And um, for whatever reason, they just weren't able to find anything. Unfortunately, it was kind of a flashback second quarter wise to that uh, second quarter. Um, was it a month and a half ago or something when when they got blitzed? I think it was like 31 to nine or something in the second oh, quarter. Yeah. Um, and that was the start of Monroe's like, you know, multi-game doghouse stint. Yeah. Um, so so anyway, so yeah, it was a weird game. And I think, you know, uh, question to Jason Kidd, what what? why experiment like that with such you know weird and crappy lineups <laughs> at that stage of a game when you know hey if you want to experiment with some weird lineups you got the Sixers coming up tomorrow um you're not battling with the Sixers for you know head to head playoff tiebreakers like you are Atlanta and you know you go in lose this game um you've lost now all three to Atlanta and and once again another team joining Washington that you don't have the tiebreaker with uh should you be tied with them uh, at the end of the season so I mean it's it's costly okay let's um let's just do other lineup stuff right now um Mirza Toledovic picked up a DNP today he has DNPs in I don't even know what it is last three four um, I know they're certainly ticking off here. Um, 
what's the deal <laughs> um, is pretty much what I'm, what I'm going to ask. And uh, why why do you think it's it's been this way? Well, I guess, you know, there are two guys that you can look at and say have been the beneficiaries, right? I mean, the most obvious one is Beasley. Um, and, yeah. you know, Beasley has played played very well. I mean, tonight he wasn't as good as he was maybe uh, in some of the previous games. But in general, Beasley has, has been playing very well over the past week. Obviously. Oh, he was a train wreck against the Hawks. Yeah, def- well, defensively, right? I think offensively he was okay, right? He scored like 11 on... He not- was fine, but he was that bad defensively that I will call yeah. him a train wreck against Atlanta. Yeah, um, and I think that was, again, like largely like off-ball stuff, um, just not Ugh. just not paying, att- not paying attention. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the Beasley-Dunleavy matchup was was lost badly, unfortunately, <laughs> um, by the Bucs. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I think Beasley's obviously the one guy, you know, he, he basically won the game in San Antonio... Uh, Dunleavy well had against- 20, Frank. <laughs> Mike, Mike Dunleavy had 20. Well, you give him open looks. I mean, that's that's what he's insanity. Do, right? Mike yeah. Dunleavy. He didn't want to play a week ago. Yeah, that's the funny part. He's right? had 20. You think a week ago the 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 we were talking about Dunleavy wanting a buyout because the Hawks were blowing it up and they wanted to trade Millsap and they just traded Corver for you know a pick and Dunleavy as as you know salary flotsam. And now, instead, a week later, uh, Dunleavy is is leading them to a win, and they're solidifying their spot in the fourth seed. And you know, supposedly Millsap isn't. Well, we'll see if he if he if he stays <laughs> off the block. But um, but these, I mean, these games are really important, right? Because I think we talked about the other day. If you can, you know, if the Hawks lose some games, maybe lose their uh, lose their interest in competing, or they think, oh man, this game, this season's kind of going south, and you know, if, if they're headed towards a matchup, you know. It, because that's the thing, right? If you're fourth or fifth, you're going up against a team that you can beat. Whoever you are, you can beat the fourth or fifth seed. Um, but if you're in the seven, eight, nine spots, six, seven, eight, nine spots, I mean, that means you're heading for a matchup with the Cavs, Raptors, and Celtics. And I think those teams are just fundamentally scarier. You know, we can debate maybe the Celtics aren't as scary as the Raps and 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 Cavs, but. Um, but I think there's a huge incentive to to try to get to the four or five spots just because uh, I don't know. I mean, the Hawks have beaten the Bucks three times, but do the Hawks scare you? Not really. Um, but they just haven't been able to figure it out. I, I don't know. I mean, why do you think the Bucks have had such problems with the Hawks? Is it just kind of randomness, or do you think there's there's some kind of matchup issue there? Um, I think they struggle with the point guards. Um, I know Ed Schroeder wasn't crazy today or anything, and but. They struggled with Malcolm Delaney today, um, which, again, he, he's had some moments, but I can't imagine I would have guessed Malcolm Delaney goes 9-9, nine and nine, uh, 9 points, 9 assists today. Um, I, I think they struggle with the point guard some. I think they struggle with, obviously, covering the three-point line against the Hawks. Hawks have killed them from three pretty much every time they've played them this year. And I also think they don't do well... I guess somewhat ironically, they don't do well against this aggressive defensive scheme that the Hawks have. And and I know that's crazy to say they had a 109 offensive rating today. Um, But I do think they kind of struggle with how to move the ball against a team that maybe jumps passing lanes as willingly as the Bucks do. Um, I, I thought a lot of times today, like no one really looked comfortable out there. And as I was watching the game, Giannis had the big numbers and Jabari goes almost as a triple double. But at the same time I was watching, it was like, 
no one really looks good. Like, no one looked like they were comfortable at any point. No one looked like they had a real sense of the flow of the game. It just looked disjointed at, at all times. And, and I think a lot of it was that the Hawks were just kind of in their face. And the Hawks were tipping passes. And what is it, 16 turnovers for the Bucks? Uh, obviously, they forced 19. But still, uh, it, it just wasn't a wasn't a pretty performance. And I think... Seventeen team turnovers for the Bucks, thirty-two points off of those turn turnovers for the Hawks, um, and I mean that's even counting a couple Giannis chase downs. Like <laughs> there was a lot of points to be had there for the Hawks, and uh, I, I would I would say I don't think it's necessarily randomness. I think the Hawks do some things that that the Bucks struggle with. Well, the interesting thing with the point guards is Schroeder killed Della Vadova and the Bucks in Milwaukee last game. Yep. He had 17 in the first quarter. I think he went for 30-plus. Um, but tonight, I mean, Brogdon and Giannis in particular, um, they really controlled him in the pick-and-roll. I mean, yeah. he had six points, six assists, and five turnovers. Um, he was a minus nine, one of the by, by far the worst plus-minus on the team. So they did a good job with him, ironically, though. Um, Delaney scores nine on, on seven shots and uh, nine assists and two turnovers plus 24. Um, and when I look at the Bucks box score, I mean, you know, you look at Della Vidovan and I mean, and Brogdon was not terrific. I mean, five out of 10. Okay. Two out of three. Okay. Um, but no assists, no rebounds, a uh, couple steals, a block, two turnovers, Ooh. 12 points. Um, couple, those two turnovers. Oh, well, but there was I mean, one on I, like an elbow pass that was just... Oh. Well, but I'm the turnover that sticks out to me was Delhi had one where he, I forget where it was. It was I think it was in the second half, and he basically hung one up and tried to throw um, one backwards from in the yeah, yeah and it turned into one. two points the other way. And and Both Deli, those were awful. Ugh. Yeah, Delhi only only two shots hit one of them, one out of three from the line. Um, I don't know why they're letting him shoot technicals. Um, he was, I mean, I know he's over 80% on the season, but uh, <laughs> it's like he missed that one after a tech on Bazemore, I think, after he flopped on Giannis. Um, three assists, two turnovers from Delhi, minus 11. Um, I mean, I, I look at the minutes distribution, uh, 26 minutes for Brogdon, 24 for Delhi. I mean, Brogdon should be playing, I think, clearly more minutes than Del Vadova at this point. And, you know, again, I don't think Delhi needs... 25 minutes a game to find himself i think you know again give him 15 to 20 and um if he can't start to play better then then that's just what he's going to be he's going to be the backup point guard i think you know brogdon's obviously the starter right now um so and again i'm I'm sure you know there's maybe some concerns brogdon being a rookie he's never played a full nba season etc etc but you know, again, I mean, you're trying to win games and Delavadova is, isn't playing well. And I don't think playing him an extra five minutes is going to turn him around. So, um, so yeah, if I'm going to micromanage kids lineup, I'm going to say play Brogdon more, play Delhi less. Um, also, Tony Snell only playing 22 minutes tonight. Terry playing 22 as well, but a minus 21. And he was part of some pretty terrible lineups. And I, I don't know. I mean, on a night when you're being when you're very poor defensively, I don't think playing Jason Terry over Tony Snell is doing yourself any favors. Um, and I realize that, that Jason Terry did start his career in Atlanta, so maybe maybe this is another one of kids random, hey, Jason Terry played in this town, so I'm going to play him too many minutes like he did in Dallas. Um, but I, that I'm, I'm good with just playing Tony Snell, you know, 30 minutes and um, parsing out, you know, the other minutes to be beyond that to, to the other guys. And I, I don't think Tony Snell should play as many minutes as, or Jason Terry should play as many minutes as Tony Snell. So anyway, I mean, 
you know, again, I don't know if any of those things change the basketball game, but, um, you know, you just look at some of these lineups and, and some of the minutes distributions and it's, it's easy to kind of say, well, that's not giving yourself the best chance to win. Hmm. I don't like it. I had a bunch of people tweet me after the game that the minutes were messed up and why was this lineup out there, that lineup out there, but they played like, uh, I caught myself there. I was going to curse. They they were terrible. Like, I, I don't, I, like, I, I mean, I can make excuses and I can say that the lineups didn't perform, but they were bad. Like they were just bad. And like, I don't like, like the Brogdon deli thing. Yeah. Okay. Like that one doesn't bother me. Snell only playing 22, that that does bother me um but when you think of it like okay that was the the seven minutes of Rashad Vaughn that took seven from Tony Snell um so I don't know I like I get I get complaining about minutes and stuff like that is is an easier thing to do but like I just thought they played bad like and I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with saying they were bad yeah, I mean, they were, you know, they had stretches in the third, the stretches in the first. But, I mean, the, the problem is, you know, you look at the the box score, they scored 36 points in the first quarter. Great. They gave up 36. Yep. They scored 30 points in the third quarter. Great. They gave up 28, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you you give up threes and you don't rebound. You know, hey, they they force some turnovers. I mean, that's when the offense looked especially dangerous um, early, and and also in that third quarter, they they were able to run off misses and yep. and attack the rim. And you know, the Bucks always look better when they're doing that. But um, you know, when the game kind of grinds down and slows down, and they're not forcing turnovers, I mean, shocker, you know, newsflash: <laughs> if the Bucks can't force turnovers and the game slows down, then that's where they're necessarily going to look worse. And you know, the third, third and fourth quarter, I mean, they, they had that initial push, but then they couldn't really, um, you know, they were just fighting uphill the entire game, it seemed. And, and again, you just could, they could never quite get those stops. And, um, you know, I mean, give credit. I mean, Paul Millsap was kind of his slow and steady best. Um, I feel like they really didn't seem to attack. Uh, maybe ask you just to think, talk about Jabari. I mean, Giannis was obviously kind of, you know, force of nature just sort of all over the place um in terms of scoring and, mm-hmm. and piling up the box score that had that one incredible <laughs> i thought it, i i thought it was just gonna i, I thought there was no way he was going to be able to chase down cephalosha on that chase down block um i'm worried got, about Giannis. that he's gonna hurt himself on those because he had another one that i think they they wiped out as a as a goaltend and yeah. every time he goes flying into either the stanchion or you know past the basket but like, yeah both of them looked very dangerous i think they might have both been on cephalosha but yeah they were both i was concerned watching like okay like i i'm down for all of that effort and chase down blocks are like the coolest thing um but damn man be be safe out there <laughs> getting a block against the atlanta hawks on january 15th is is not worth it um so i don't know like i i every time he does it i kind of hold my breath now because he just has no regard for his own human life he, he's just he's just out there um so I, I mean it's cool but yeah um what what did you so what did you what was your take on jabari parker only nine shots Missed all three of his triples. Um, I think he was guarded by Millsap and with some Cephalosha. I think I, th- I thought Cephalosha defended Giannis most of the night, from what I recall. Um, but uh, and, and Giannis defended Millsap for the most part. But 
Um, but Jabari not even really looking for a shot. It looked like he came out just like wanting to get 10 assists in some ways. Um, and obviously that some of that's really good and he did other things tonight. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, obviously you, you, you need him scoring more than eight points. You need him taking more than nine shots as well. I, I think I've told you this before and I, I know I told, uh, Benning and, uh, Mitchell today, but, Actually, both these games. We're, we we we're obviously recapping the Atlanta game, but they played on Friday as well. Um, but I'm I'm waiting for the Jabari forty point game, and I don't think I should be waiting for it. Like I I think he should just take over for a full game. And the, on Friday it was like Luke Babbitt is covering you, <laughs> Luke Babbitt. Like I don't I don't care if you ruin the offensive flow. I don't. I don't care about the offensive flow. Luke Babbitt is covering you. Go score 40. Like, and the, like, there's just some part of his personality that very much defers, which is, which is cool. And obviously it will help you as a team gel together and kind of work together. But Luke Babbitt's covering you. Go score 40. And, and like the same thing today, like they're, the Bucks will run stuff for him. They always come out of pretty much always every first quarter, they're going to run stuff for Jabari that's kind of been the way it is. Like they know that Giannis is kind of good enough that he can kind of find a flow. However, and they, they do everything they can. They run stuff for Jabari at the first quarter, almost every AT after pretty much every, every after timeout play, it's primarily an action for Jabari that like the bucks do everything they can to get him going. And part of me wonders like, does he need someone to just tell him go get 50 points tonight? Like and again, I know that'll be bad for the offensive flow, but like, I I just think there does need to be, I don't know, it, the way he he plays, he he has no problem deferring despite being one of the the most talented scorers on the floor, and and, and it's weird because you we all thought okay he's like the alpha type, he's just gonna take over games. He, I know a, what was it a year and a half ago, two years ago, we were clamoring on brew hoop take some bad shots jabari like we want to see you take bad shots um and again who might have complained eight nine and ten today uh that's a great stat line and again it's only on nine shots so it's relatively efficient and maybe if some of his threes fall it's a little bit different but he's just uh he's just interesting to watch to me because a guy as talented as him that can score as many ways as him, and I mean he's been what shooting forty percent from the three point line. If you can do that, man, just go fill it up one night. Like I just want to see it. Yeah, well, tough to complain. I mean, the last five games: twenty one point four points, six point eight rebounds, five point two assists, only one point six turnovers, forty nine percent from the field, fifty two percent from three. Even with That's, the zero for three today. Yeah. Um, and, I like mean, I said, and like I said, like I'm, I shouldn't complain about it, but I, I just, I am so thirsty for a Jabari <laughs> forty point game. I just am. <laughs> like I just want to see him because you can clearly see he has the skills to put up forty in a game. And again, I know it won't be good for the offense, and I just want it. Well, I mean, it won't be good for the off. I mean, if Jabari Parker's scoring effectively, then I'm not worried about that being bad for the offense. True. Um, and especially with some of these lineups, you know, the non-Giannis lineups, um, I'm fine with him kind of going to work. Today, it just seemed like his jumper wasn't, he didn't like feel like his jumper was there and and just never really 
thought never really offense never really flowed through him and he seemed to be kind of you know focusing on on making plays for others but yeah i mean it's fine whatever they it's not like their offense overall today was bad you know ultimately it was a defensive issue yeah. um so anyway well, well let me let me ask i mean any um any other thoughts on uh friday night's game against the heat i mean kind of one of those games that you know given given how bad the heat have been you know anything less than a dominating performance is kind of under- underwhelming um bucks kind of jumped on them early had a big lead and then you know sort of let it slide a bit never really in danger of losing the game but but obviously the uh, fourth quarter in particular let the heat kind of get within ten, inside 10 um yeah. before they kind of salted away i don't know anything really to take away from that or other than just sort of the uh you know the taking care of business side of it the heat are the worst team in the league and the bucks did not play them like they are <laughs> the worst team in the league like that that was that was exciting to me that I thought for the most part, they didn't really play down to their competition. Obviously, the fourth quarter, you'd prefer for it to be a little bit better um, and not see it get down to, what was it, eight or nine? Um, But for the most part, they treated the Heat like they were the worst team in the league, and that's kind of what you want to see um, out of of the Bucs. So that was exciting. Um, uh, Wait, let me me ask you. So Giannis, I'm sure everybody listening to this has seen the, like, double-clutch long jump dunk that he put down uh in the first quarter of that game if you had to choose would you say the which which play was more impressive to you the double clutch long jump dunk or the really long jump almost from the free throw line uh dunk past carmelo in new york uh a couple weeks ago which which one would you would you say is the bigger highlight for for Giannis so far uh free throw line mellow one I, that was incredible the uh, i just uh... I can't even comprehend it. Like, who would even think to try that? Um, and, I mean, you could say the same thing about the, the double clutch uh, one that he had on Friday night. But I, I, I'll i personally, I'd take the, I take, I mean, a free throw line game dunk with a defender. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's ludicrous. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the funny part. Right? You can say the exact same thing about the, the double <laughs> yeah. clutch dunk. I mean, it's kind of funny, like when I, I'm I'm wondering, like as he's doing it, like how much is he even thinking he that he's be. going he, to he, to double clutch and actually finish with a dunk? Um, which, you know, it, it seemed like the way he went up, up for the double clutch, it was like, oh, okay, he'll come in and kind of scoop finger roll it in, yeah. and and instead he just what what? And I think that the best <laughs> part was, and I, I mean, check you can check my my Twitter account and. and maybe you tweeted as well but you know the the number of people took screen caps of when he was like in the double clutch yeah <laughs> and, crazy. i mean he's crazy. it looks like he's just jumping up to catch a ball and about to like go back down and instead he's you know eight or ten feet from the basket and mid-flight and somehow you know his legs are like pulled up too and you know amazingly uh he turns it into a dunk so um so that's been good to see and i think that obviously you know un- underlying both of these games obviously positive to see Giannis back after um, one missed game and obviously the looking ill in, in San Antonio. So clearly he, he looks like he's back up to full strength and uh, obviously coming back on a back-to-back with um, another matinee on Monday against the uh, Sixers in Milwaukee in the, in the MLK Day game. Um, our first look at Joel Embiid. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, other thing on Friday, I was going to say Delhi, nine points, eight assists. I thought he was really good on Friday. Um, yep. And it it is funny with Delhi. The 
the bad with Delhi in a, in a somewhat Michael Carter Williams way. Um, the bad with Delhi is really jarring. Like like you see some, like, like there was a couple in the second half where he went up and I don't even know what, like try to reverse or would just get in the lane and his stuff would get just thrown out of bounds. And it was like, Delhi, come on, man. There's, there's no way you thought that was going to end any differently. Um, and, and I think at times, like, because that's so bad, like it just infuriates people and it, it'll make you forget about like, like nine, nine points and eight assists in 18 minutes. Like that's a really nice night for a backup point guard. Um, but some of that other stuff just like sticks out in your mind as bad. Um, so it, it, I think grading him game to game is always interesting because there's always a couple of those plays that will stick out to you as overwhelmingly negative. I, I thought it was interesting against Atlanta. There was one play, I, I want to say, I mean, it must have been the first half, or maybe it was in the, in the third quarter, but um, uh, there was a, a ball got worked around. It was late in the clock, and he had, you know, a, it wasn't an easy look, but um, but it was a ball rotation. He had a spot-up chance at a three, and instead he pump fakes and then drives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's sort of one of those things. It's just like late in the clock when you're not going to have time to really, like, kick it out or, or make another pass typically you gotta um, take that catch and shoot you man. gotta take the, exactly i mean delhi just you know and and brogdon kind of does the same thing I mean, obviously brogdon has a much better ability to to finish at the rim than delhi um but brogdon as well i mean we saw i think one or two examples today where you know late in the clock it's like dude you're not on a 35 second you know college shot clock or whatever um you know he just doesn't it doesn't take you know he, again he he if if a guy's closing out, he doesn't want to shoot the three, um, and that's kind of the the I think my biggest complaint about Brogdon still is that he you know he's he's not quite yet at the point where he's shooting threes that are reasonably contested. He still you know has that that first instinct to to you know again attack a closeout even when there's really not much time left. I think that's my complaint of the Bucks as a whole. I, I think Giannis and Jabari are awful once it gets below five seconds on the clock. Like yeah, they re- Giannis Giannis sticks it to Giannis is really good at like dribbling for way too long and then sticking it to like somebody who clearly doesn't have a position. Oh, Henson's going to shoot this 18 footer. Like, yeah. come on, Giannis, you can't do that. And I, I know the on Friday I tweeted something out like that. Like Jabari and Giannis are both way too comfortable passing the ball with under five seconds left on the shot clock. Like those are your bad shots. You guys are the stars now. So again, it's it's not going to help your percentages. It's not going to be efficient. But those shots are your shots. The best players take the bad shots because they have the best chance of making those bad shots. John Henson getting a, a catch-and-shoot 20-foot look, not good for anyone. And it's especially not good for John Henson if he has to hurry it because he got the ball with less than a second on the shot clock. Um, so, yeah, the those situations. And, and like you said, I think you can loop Brogdon in there, but Brogdon, Jabari, Giannis – um, I mean, even even Delhi to an extent, like all those guys just don't I, I, they don't handle the shot clock going down uh, very well. Um, very much a hot potato situation when that's your potato. <laughs> all right. Any more thoughts on Hawks or Heat before we maybe take a one to two minute look at the Sixers? I, I don't know if you have anything I'm, else other than Joel Embiid to look forward to in the Sixers game. I want this game out of my mind. So talking about the process would be the most wonderful thing I could ever think of. <laughs> Very good. Um, I, yeah, I mean the the Sixers have been have been 
winning some games of late. Um, and Embiid's been obviously, you know, relatively great all season. He, I think, sat out the last game. Uh, I think it was on Saturday against the Wizards on a back-to-back. They got killed. Um, but this, the Sixers are a, a, a plus team on the season with Joel Embiid in the lineup. And they're a disaster with him off the court. So I guess the formula is pretty simple. Um, murder the non-Embiid lineups and, you know, just don't get embarrassed and don't do anything stupid when he's in the game. <laughs> and yeah. I guess, yeah, I thought it was interesting today. I, I was going to look um, in a way with a, with, a, with an eye towards Monday as well. How would the Bucks double team? Would they double team with success against Dwight? Uh, normally, we say you know it's not worth double teaming because you know again post ups aren't that efficient to begin with. Um, but first off, I don't remember the Hawks getting the ball to Dwight in the post really at all today. Um, and he, you know, that's one of the ironies of of his supposed renaissance. I mean, he's played well this year uh, in in Atlanta, um, but it was sort of one of the ironies of of last year versus this year. You know, he didn't get any post touches, or he didn't get that many post touches in Houston and everybody thought like, Oh, you know, he's, they're misusing him and he's so unhappy. And then he goes to Atlanta and he really doesn't shoot that much, shoot much in Atlanta either. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why the Hawks are succeeding because they're really not giving him post ups. He's kind of just, you know, doing stuff off alley oops and, and pick and roll and, and finishing so Jeremy garbage was right all along. The bucks needed Dwight Howard. Yeah, exactly. Jeremy Schmidt, <laughs> Jeremy. I, I don't think Jeremy even thinks about the bucks much these days, but <laughs> there's no way if, if on the off chance he actually was to listen to this, we need to shout out Jeremy and, and his no. Jeremy hated Dwight Howard with a passion. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, interesting. But I think it'll be interesting to see against the Sixers because um, Embiid is basically their by far their best player. Um, they don't have great guard play. Uh, if there is a team and a player against which you would double theoretically it would be Joel Embiid against the, and the Sixers because again they've been good with him and he's turned the ball over a ton. Um, so we'll see. And I, and I think he has the, I think he has the tools to, to eventually handle that much better. Um, but I think part of it is it's just, since he's on a minutes restriction, he's just like so thirsty for shots. Gotta like he's going to, yeah, he's going to force stuff as well. So he, he's potentially turnover prone. So it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see how he plays. Um, I'm fearful for John Henson's life, uh, early on in this game. Um, we'll see if he can at all avoid getting just pushed around by by Embiid and um, I think by the way I think was Embiid rooting for the Packers on on Twitter today I, he I was thought yeah so so shout out to Joel Embiid <laughs> um, I'm still not going to vote for him for the all-star game because I'm not going to vote for non-bucks um, just as a matter of principle but um, but Joel is a, a fun got fun follow seems like a good dude and um, we'll uh, we'll be interesting to see if uh, what how how he does tomorrow, and also I mean it, it's kind of an interesting subplot, but doesn't get talked about much. But obviously, the Bucks could have drafted Joel Embiid, and yeah. right now, I mean, I think you could make a, an obvious case that you know it'd be nice if they had, if you were willing to to put up with two years of him not playing. Um, but you know, obviously, who knows uh, injury wise if, if he'll hold up long term. But um, obviously, yeah, having gonna, a, a terrific a terrific first season. Yeah, I was gonna say the constant fear of. Will this seven foot guy that's had an injury history get injured again? Like that would, oh, that'd be scary. Um, so I guess with the Sixers, they've won, let's see, five of their last seven. They've beat the Nuggets, the T Wolves, the Nats, not so impressed, the Nats, the Knicks, the Hornets. So not like murderers row, but still, that's those are, I mean, those five wins is five wins. And, 
but still winning winning five games is winning five games they, they've won five of seven it doesn't really matter who it's been against the they are winning games and that that says a lot about this team and kind of how they're growing and starting to develop and grow together so they they are a little bit more scary than i think you would think of the Sixers being and you look at their defensive rating since December 1st they are fifth in the league in just in defensive rating at 103.7 again obviously defensive rating as a whole for the league is uh, a little bit higher than it's been in years past Uh, teams are scoring more but still fifth best defensive team over that's a month and a half so that's a large sample size so this is a team that that could give the bucks some problems and it it should be an interesting game obviously the greek freak versus the process that's that's very exciting i'm hoping since uh, i'll probably be sitting by the sixers bench hopefully he tries to do the the triple h water spit again uh, because joel joel Embiid's just delightful and Maybe he'll get it a little bit better this time. So I guess that's gonna that's gonna be it for our recap of the weekend games. Um, maybe we should have focused more on the the Heat win than the Hawks loss because God, I, I did not like that Hawks game. Uh, and hopefully, I guess the Bucks have a chance tomorrow to make up for it and get everything going. That's a two thirty tip today i guess if you're gonna be listening to this podcast so if we get this up tonight you can you can listen to it in the morning and be ready to go for uh that 2 30 tip tomorrow uh martin luther king jr day and uh, around the league everyone kind of starting some some early tip times so that'll be what it'll be in milwaukee and we will recap it after the game's done hopefully the the bucks kind of take care of business and we don't have to have me in as bad of a mood as i was in uh for this one tonight for Frank Mann, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks, and we will talk to you tomorrow.